0: Hi there. Hi there. How's it going?
1: Um I'm still sick. Well, if <laughs> it makes
0: you feel feel any better, I think I'm getting sick.
1: God, you better be. We're in this together. <laughs> no, you're in this alone. No, we're in this together. No. We're all in this together. I hope all of us are sick together so that we can all be curled up in bed, drinking soup with a blanket curled up over us in our warmest set of PJs as we let cold medicine do its thing and slowly pull us under. I probably only have like an hour in me before my, uh, before my, my meds kick in. And I am unconscious.
0: <laughs> yeah. But then not everyone has that luxury to actually take a break while they're sick.
1: I mean you at least then get you one don't day. Either. <laughs> at least one day. At least listen, yeah. if you're driving right now and you're listening to this podcast, maybe don't. But if you're if you're at home, <laughs> if you have like an hour, you have my permission. To use this podcast as, like, the framework for your nap. If you want to <laughs> nap through this one, this will be a, a, nice, a nice short nap session. And then you can come back and listen to us again. But then,
0: you know, I, just take just your nap. listen, listen to our soothing voices. Listen to the soothing voice. As we talk about printing and papers. I'm Stephanie.
1: And I'm Erin, and this is, I bet you wish this wasn't on podcast. Welcome! I bet you can fucking hear the dog at the background. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. That I'm trying, y'all. <laughs> I have bad neighbors. My neighbors have been fighting all weekend. There's a dog upstairs. That's just all bad. That's uh, I've rough. had a lot of headphones in, and, uh...
0: Fair. Yeah. Still sad. Sad, but fair.
1: But what a topic for today.: We could theoretically do it all with the uh, with the slow, with the slow, with the slow chat, with the slow talk, with nope, those are not all words. Hold on. I'm figuring out, again, cold medicine, I apologize. <laughs> we could do it all with the NPR like voice. But I think <laughs> this topic is a lot of fun. And so it while is. y'all might be taking naps, we're going to be discussing. One of my favorite mediums slash techniques slash art forms, which is printmaking. Printmaking. (laughs) Printmaking. Apparently
0: you've tried it and I haven't and that's unfair. I can't believe you've never tried it. No one loved me. I've never been near a printer before. (laughs) Like, not a printer printer, like a house printer, but like a printing press. Fair. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it sounds fun.
1: It's a lot of fun. But um, I can understand that someone who has never, like, done the carving thing might be confused slash
0: concerned by the the medium. No, the carving stuff is more understandable than the acid stuff. Oh, you know what? That's
1: fair, actually.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Lithography is much more complicated than I ever thought. <laughs> you know what? That's that's
1: perfectly fair. Uh, intaglio printmaking also went too hard in its paint for no reason. Did. Who asked you? God, I can't Ooh. wait to get into this. There's so it's so <laughs> much fun because it's so bananas. And people try to talk about it like, yeah, this makes perfect sense. People just do it and it's fine. And it's like, no,
0: do they though? <laughs> is it fun? It is fun,
1: apparently. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> did you have fun at least? I did.
0: Uh, or will.
1: Did, will, can.
0: Yeah. So in today's episode, we're going to get into like the four major types of printmaking. We're not going to get into everything, probably. But just to give you a clear picture of what printmaking entails, partially. Um. But... Printmaking would not exist if not for the invention of paper. You know what? Fair. Yeah. <laughs> that, the, those, are,
1: those are fair words. You said the correct... That's right.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah. Shortly after 100th year of the common era, the Chinese invented the paper. Have you ever done uh, paper making?
1: no oh hmm i need a long sit-down conversation with your uh early childhood education that's fair because they <laughs> didn't
0: let us do anything no <laughs> apparently not they let nope. you read books oh. i've never painted i've never used oil paint oil paint before that's fair only watercolor <laughs> Watercolor's fun it
1: is Oil painting scares me. This is a completely different topic, but oil painting does scare me. <laughs> it is. It is too pervert. It's very complicated, and like I don't want it to be. That's fair. Printing is also very complicated, at oh, yeah. least some types. It's looking just, at so U many steps and so many processes, and then you have to do so many layers.
0: God, oh, there's uh, so many layers. But nothing will be possible without paper. So. Hey, <laughs> Paper was invented by the Chinese and then they started like mass producing the paper and Europeans and the western world didn't have access to pa- paper until like the middle ages <laughs> until we surprised yeah until a long time after and Chinese uh, had already like perfected not only the production of paper but also printing as well and print the whole printing the idea of printing (laughs) kind of spread through the trade routes eventually getting to the islamic world and then through there it got into uh europe it got into spain Mm -hmm. and that's where and that was in that was quite later (laughs) To, to, to was, put it mildly, say
1: 700, 800. Yeah, <laughs> quite later. <laughs> yeah, and then and then it was the hot new thing. And to be fair, <laughs> it's not that there weren't quote books in Europe at the time. It's just that the material the ma- the material used was animal skin. <laughs> yeah. They, they actually used vellum, which is like prepared cow's skin. Uh, it's, it's essentially the underside of leather mm-hmm. this is getting into it. But like <laughs> that part of the animal, like that very thin, soft membrane, would then be dried out and prepared. And then that was woven into books. So it's not that the, that the U.S., that Europe had this... <laughs> So it's not that Europe didn't have books or like the ability to do writing or the ability to do all this. But that's not a material that like works well with mass production. Yeah, That's like when you think of medieval manuscripts and quote medieval books, you'll have like big gold leaf, very fancy, ornate books Mm -hmm. that are handwritten, you know. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of time and energy and resources and money went into them. So it was a very respected and important craft during the <clears throat> early development of Europe to then the Middle Ages. Yeah. Europeans could write and read. Some could, at least, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Some we didn't have paper but we had it we had our uh, we had the spirit <laughs>
0: <laughs> certainly
1: we could carve things into stone
0: <laughs> it's permanent for sure permanent
1: <laughs> also another early traditional form of paper quote paper was using papyrus you could fold mm-hmm. that out to be relatively thin and manageable so that you could actually write on the plant fiber. Yeah. Fun times. But paper is so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> paper is so much easier. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it much. really is. Like, it, comparatively, there's honest to God nothing. There's truly nothing better than paper.
0: Yeah. And printmaking took advantage of that. While printmaking in itself is basically transferring an image. From one surface to another, paper is kind of like the main thing that is used, although there are like fabrics used as well and uh, glass in case of uh, monotyping. But paper is like the most used out of everything. Yep. And um, this basically, with printing, you are producing multiple. Pieces of the same work, and it is not considered as a copy, but it is considered as an impression because it is still made by the artists themselves, and it is their intention to make it into a print. Well, yeah, in in some cases, depends if the artist
1: depends on it. Depends,
0: yeah, (laughs) depends on your theory of prints yeah it's a it, it print is made as the pr- a print that copies another work of art, especially a painting, is known as reproductive print. So that's a different type of print. And then there are like artists who specifically make prints specifically and then reproduce those. So there are many angles to go at it from. And what we'll be talking about. Is kind of like we said, like kind of like the four main types of printing, even though there are more. So why don't we just jump into it and start with uh, relief painting. Let's printing. do it.
1: <laughs> printing um, relief printing, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like the first one, is essentially carving away the like quote whites of an image, which then elevates the image. You know, it raises it up and then that is the part that like you put ink on and then whatever is now in ink is what's transferred onto the piece of paper. Mm-hmm. So you're carving out the relief of your image. Um This is the oldest and most accessible form of printmaking. This is typically done with uh, a wood block, which is... One of the eldest materials, uh, or in more recent times, you can use a linoleum block. That's how I learned mm-hmm. how to do it. Uh, you you kind of take like a very soft surface. You're essentially using a knife or like a gouge type thing, uh, which is just like a little U shaped object that helps you pull wood. Wood helps you pull wood out of the groove. So you're not like working with a huge mess. It's actually mm-hmm. extremely satisfying because <laughs> you're just, you're carving away the parts that you don't want in your piece mm-hmm. so that all that you have left is the thing that you want transferred on paper. The thing you want repeatedly transferred onto whatever you're going to print it onto. Yeah. A lot of artists like relief printmaking because it, it lets them work prints, but in a very direct way and kind of low-tech way to do it. Um, that also still gets them, like, the strong black lines, as well as a lot of detail work if you're, like, working it. And with it being the oldest, it uh, originally formed, like, its its origins are from China. So, um, like, it's in the 225 current era, thereabouts, or 255 current era. So... 150 years after they discovered print uh, paper, they were like, you know what we can do? We can print on. <laughs> uh, this process of stamping was essentially the idea of printmaking. You're just taking a, a stamp or anything like that. This is the, the truly, honest to God, this is the easiest way to do it. And just printing it, stamping it onto a piece of paper. Bam! You've got a print. Yeah. Easy <laughs> um, as that. There are different ways to do it. There are a couple of relief techniques. Um, you could use a woodcut or a woodblock, would be then wood engraving, or you could do a lino cut and a metal cut. There's lino cuts and linoleum, which, you know, is just a more expense, uh, a least expensive way to do printmaking. People even do rubber stamp relief printing where mm-hmm. they can carve a a piece of rubber, and kind of do the same thing. I have a couple of friends of mine that started doing it over Christmas, and I love it. Mm. Woodcuts the earliest by the 15th century in Europe, people started using the technique to print multiple pages of texts and images. It's kind of how the first uh, printing press was made was with these uh, woodcut relief prints mm. um, because you could stack a whole bunch of them and then print. But the problem with things with like wood cuts or lino cuts is that they fade, quote fade faster. The more you pull an image from, the more you use the, the block itself, the faster that image will lose focus or the material will degrade depending on what you're using. So starting in like the 1450s, other people started doing relief printing on metal. Yeah metal cutting Um, and it's almost the same but like you then carve on the metal so that it transfers the image on and it lasts longer because it's metal and it will hold its it'll hold the
0: integrity of the print longer essentially but metal cuts are quite difficult to make and they're also like not very popular because no they suck (laughs) yeah so essentially, metal cuts have a restricted time of like uh, that they were made during. So from the fourteen fifties to the fifteen forties, <laughs> and in this one ish century, it was in in and around the region of the Rhine in northern Europe. So like the like Germany, France, Switzerland, the lower low countries. And they were very difficult to make, and there were separate ways, several ways to make them. but people who are uh, someone who's known for their uh, metal cuts is uh, Hans Hobain, the younger. And he also made like several of these. But it's just so difficult to make. and it's yeah. just so like wasteful, kind of. That it's easier to go with lino cut, uh, which is much much faster, and it's. Uh, but yeah, it was the, it was invented much later as well, cause cause it's not great. No, that's why. Not not at all. And lino cut is one of the easiest. So, like you said, it was something that you were taught as well. And since it is so so easy to use, they usually like teach uh, it at schools or like at. Mm-hmm. In, I was taught it in high school. Yeah. Another interesting relief printing method is the collagraph, which is essentially making a collage of thin items and then usual things you would use in a collage like fabrics or plants, etc. And then uh, the th- the figure would be elevated onto the surface, and then you would j- just, as normally, like put ink over it, and just like in other relief printing uh, methods, print on- onto a paper with a roller or like a printing press, <laughs> mm-hmm. or just tapping it into it, just tapping into the ink. Yeah, that's that's also a way. Each of these printing methods were. Were invented in different times, kind of. Like for for example, metal cut was in the fifteenth, the sixteenth century, fifteenth and sixteenth. Collagraph uh, was in the twentieth. Lin- linocut was in the twentieth, twentieth uh, as well. But yeah, all across time, people have been coming up with ways to come up with like different types of printing. You know, just to make it fun, just to add a little spice to it. <laughs> oh yeah. And you've got to. You've got to. Relief painting is certainly the easiest and
1: least. It's also a lot of fun because you're essentially pulling your image out of the block, yeah. so that you're left with like the thing you want to see, and and you can do so many different things with that depending on like what your master uh, your master drawing is. And it's one of those things that you can stack and layer and expand and create so many different variants just based off of what you allow to come to the surface and Mm -hmm. and how many you know how many pieces you want to use for your one print yeah and because of the fact that you're not getting the paper wet you have a lot more control of where you put the ink yeah it's so cool but speaking of wet paper? Intaglio printing. <laughs> intaglio. 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 Intaglio printmaking. When I, when I was taught intaglio, we actually carved on plastic. So all this metal, like all, all this stuff gets terrifying for me. But the, the, the line work is chef's
0: kiss. The line work is, yeah, very detailed. <laughs> the intaglio method... Essentially removes uh, from the surface, and then in those recesses, ink is put or uh, placed, and then it is transferred to a piece of paper. So, like, in uh, unlike it's, it's completely the opposite of relief, where in relief you cut the pieces that you don't want to have ink on. Here, you cut the pieces that you do want the ink to be on. And there are many types of intaglio printing. Uh, Usually, it is also used using on... It is usually made on copper or zinc sheets that are called plates as the surface. And then you cut these plates and make your print. Uh, Intaglio is kind of based on the fact that the image area is below the flat surface of the... Plate and some types of intaglio uh, printing are for example engraving which is the oldest form of intaglio printing mm-hmm. and it was developed in germany in the uh, 15th century and it was kind of incorporating also like goldsmiths and their metal work into it so they used to hire like goldsmiths to do the etching process to carve the forms out because it is quite a a heavy-handed work to to work on copper or uh, zinc plates and to engrave using all of these tools that are that that goldsmiths use on a daily basis in their metal work.
1: Yeah,
0: and so these engravers used a, this hard steel a tool called a burin, and they cut the design into the surface of the metal plate, and then put on ink and printed. Albrecht Dürer. Albrecht Dürer <laughs> is a, a famous name in the engraving and etching field (laughs) because he did a bunch of engravings and etchings and is like known for for these works uh as well as names like william blake or goya or rembrandt they all experimented with etching and engraving
1: well and it's just it's such a beautiful precise line like yeah it's, it's no longer about putting color on surface. It's no longer about like trying to get the form and shape of things. You're now going back to like, I want my lines to come through. I want you to see the fine detail. And you can do so much detailing work in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because of how much time, energy and process you put into it. So you essentially have a beautiful... Etching right off the bat. Before the first um, pulled
0: print, essentially. Yeah. Uh, There are great videos of like the demonstration of both Relief uh, Intaglio and uh, lithography printing on Khan Academy. So you should check it out if you want to see actually what we're talking about as well. And, yeah. Uh, Other forms of intaglio print we have uh, dry point uh, which is essentially scarring the surface of metal by moving metal instead of like removing it Mm -hmm. because what we're gonna discuss next which is etching etching removes the metal from the plate while dry point just kind of moves it away but it stays on the plate itself and they kind of use the same-ish method uh, except like in etching you have it's based on the removal of metal like i said through but but it is through a chemical process uh so this is where acid comes in for the first time (laughs) uh we'll be seeing her a lot um essentially in etching uh you, you you use the image area and you create it in a similar format as the dry point. Um, I'm sorry, I'm still confused about these methods. <laughs> you're
1: fine you're you're essentially what you're doing is you're carving the image, right? like like if it was a piece of paper and you're putting in as much detail as you can, yeah, and then you burn that in acid so that the lines become smooth. Yeah. And then you pull that out of the acid, dry it off, apply your ink, rub it off again, and then you, like, so that all that you have is a piece of paper, like a, a piece of metal with your image on it, and then you print, you take a wet piece of paper, place that over the print, and then run it through the press yeah. so that when you pull the piece of paper off of it, you have the lines in reverse, but you have the lines of the piece. Hmm. The, the way that acid is used is so that the lines are finer. Um, and you can do it in a couple of processes because depending on how much you're going to use the print, you can also then determine, like, if you then bathe your, your piece of paper in something that's not water, like if you put it into a slightly acidic or a slightly basic or a slightly whatever medium, then you can pull more or less from the ink, which then creates depth. And then you yeah. can do that ad nauseum to create a certain
0: kind of effect. Yeah. Uh someone who used etching a lot was Rembrandt. Yeah. Him and Durr
1: even did a lot of um if if you're looking for something that's like supposed to be a scientific drawing, for example. Durr is famous for this one. If you're if you're trying to do an encyclopedia, if you're trying to create a detailed drawing of things and you want mm-hmm. it to get the most detail, and then you want that to be preservable because you want to be able to use it often because Mm -hmm. it's going into a book, for example, or it's going into a manuscript. You want to be able to take it, print it, and then like set it and forget it. (laughs) (laughs) Essentially. I want my rhino to be a rhino right off the bat, despite it not being a rhino. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait till we talk about her. But, But essentially like in bathing it in acid, you are ensuring that those lines are perfect so you do not have to mess with the plate after you've done it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Ish. There's, there's a lot of <laughs> protect the metal yeah. steps. True. And yes. there's a lot of like protect the line steps. But that's essentially what you're doing. You're preparing your, your print, your, your, your piece of metal, so that it can print for you over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get it. It terrifies <laughs> me. But that's essentially what you're doing. And then when you start using things like mezzotint or aquatint, you're essentially just adding more things to the surface of your metal so that it then does more when you print it so that it's a slightly more
0: interesting print. Yeah, essentially. With mezzotint, you get like a uh, good play with tones. So mm-hmm. you can, if you want to experiment with, Printing that is focuses on more tones than shape, for example, uh, then go with mesotint. And if you want to focus on shape more than less than the line, then you should go with aquatint. Um, it's kind of these all these methods uh, have their their own specific qualities to it that you can notice if you. Have seen a few prints of said uh, print printing type, and with like aquatint, the whole name in itself like aqua, it's more like flowy. And Goya uses aquatint a lot. All of these intaglio printing uh, methods are this experimenting with like copper or zinc plates and acid and chemicals to make the perfect environment for your work that you will then reproduce, kind of.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: so yeah, everything depends on what type of, what type of print you, do you want, what colors do you want, what do you want to focus on in your print. And then once you pick those things, then you choose the printing method that you're going to be going with. But uh, so cool. It is very cool and very confusing at the same time. <laughs> uh, yeah, and another type of printing method is screen printing, which is like apart from the relief and intaglio methods that we just mentioned. Screen printing is much more recent. It's essentially a unique medium because it is uh, the print isn't made directly from the surface of a plate. Instead it is printed through a screen mesh using stencil techniques. This is kind of like what goes on in your home printer on the inside process. <laughs> Essentially. Because it's like putting different tones over the print. So like first you put like white, then green, then something, and then in the end you put black and slowly and surely, the image is building on the print. Kind of the uh, easiest way to explain it. Right. Uh, it, this is the method that was used a, a lot by Andy Warhol in his prints, uh, as well as Roy Lichtenstein. They kind of pop artists in general kind of used the screen printing method a lot in their works, and it is uh, it, it kind of allows you to make. These finely detailed scre- screens, and has uh, and and it has been used before in other stuff like advertising, and since Warhol kind God. of was working in advertising before, well, he knew how uh-huh. to make use of the of the of the sprinting method for his art later on.
1: Uh, you know, and Lichtenstein also really liked, like, Roy Lichtenstein really liked the medium, too. It's, it's a really fun, cheap, accessible way to to do printing. Yeah. And you can do a whole lot of things because you're no longer, like, limited by the materials you use or the things you do. Like, it's just, it's literally whatever you want, however you want it. Just make sure you have a surface to put it on and a screen to print through and bam that's it essentially but essentially it's yeah. it's not difficult it's not it doesn't withstand a lot of abuse but neither does the rest of printmaking it's certainly not lithography certainly not lithography which is probably the most complicated and frustrating
0: oh, and yeah. bizarre
1: forms of printmaking uh, oh, yeah. because essentially the theory is you're repelling <laughs> stuff so like oil no grease repels grease but grease also repels water so essentially the image area of the piece and the non-image area so the the blacks and the whites of your image are on the exact same surface yeah and it's only possible lithography is only possible through the chemical treating of your stone your printing surface, and relying on the fact that your grease subject, like substance, and water will resist each other long enough for the lithograph to be produced. Does this make sense? No. No. Let's get into (laughs) it. (laughs) Because essentially you're using an actual stone for this one. It's no longer wood or metal. Yeah. You're using like a marble or you're using a limestone, since Mm -hmm. that's pretty accessible and relatively quote cheap. You draw on it using like a greasy, if you've ever used a grease pencil type thing, one of those is one of the easiest and fastest ways to do it. You draw on the limestone with your greasy medium and then you add acid to it (laughs) (laughs) because it transfers the grease protected design into the limestone because it's absorbed by the pores which then burns the image onto the surface Uh. and then you put something like gum arabic which is water soluble on top of the surface but without covering the drawing medium and then you wet the stone again so that the water covers just the surface so that the gum arabic is interfering with it but but not enough to like affect anything else and then you throw all of that onto a dry piece of paper and it is then transferred onto the paper <laughs> which you makes you go well why would you ever do this yeah why why would, did you because that's not even it. That's there's like there's like 6000 other ways to do it and you're essentially like you have to prepare your stone and then you have to create it and then you have to print it and then you have to dampen the stone again and apply more acid to it and then you rinse that off and then you print again and then you do, 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 do. it's too complicated. There's so many steps. But each of these steps actually play a really important role in transforming the surface to create an actual printing tool because once you ink your stone all of those details helps create such a fine gradation in shading in small like small detail and it is extremely like repeatable you know yeah. it's it's not like other techniques where you want and done it because you can print over and over and over again, because you've put so much work into preparing stone. And because of your process, and depending on how you've done it, you now have a very stable material and a very stable printing surface, which is why people like uh, to lose the Trek used it, you know, yeah. because you can create half tones and and full tones and and really create this gorgeous gradation that you can't find so naturally in other forms of traditional printmaking. Obviously, in our digital age, you can do all of this with the click of a button, (laughs) and then you just print it, and and the inking process is just copied onto paper or onto, you know, your, your surface. But when this was first being processed, and when you had to create posters, and you wanted to create things in large reproductions and you wanted to do all these like big fancy materials things like lithographs can be blown up to some pretty massive sizes yeah and you're yeah. not you know you're not then dependent on it falling apart you can just set it and forget it you can just print ad nauseum and it's terrifying <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's yeah yeah <laughs> It was kind of like a revolutionary printmaking method uh, for the time. Uh, Lithography added a lot to the ability that... The control that artists could have over their prints. Uh, Even though it was a mindlessly complicated method, (laughs) it was still a lot. (laughs) Very beneficial. And yeah, you can see... You can see its glory, <laughs> and prints of like tools, track, like you said. Uh, they're very, very finely detailed and very beautiful. And uh, you're like, oh, maybe, maybe lithography is uh, is cool and is worth it, even though it's so so difficult.
1: <laughs> you can trick yourself into a lot of things, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. True. <laughs> it's okay. Printmaking is very cool. I'm surprised you've never done it. We need to do it. I want to. I actually have a whole bunch of printmaking materials. I might do some BiWAP stuff. Oh. Should I, I come might. over? Oh yeah. Come on over. Teach me. Uh my door is open is always open for you. The spare <laughs> key is behind the plant. Just just come on in. Okay. <laughs> it's really fun it's such a good medium you have so much access to it in europe do it carve carve into a piece of paper and just do
0: it live your best life (laughs) yeah i'm screaming there are many other types of printmaking out there that we haven't mentioned and they're all they're, they they all have their own intricacies and uh, and like is Like uh, we, I did mention mon- monotype in, in passing, but you can look into it. It's also very cool, although it's it can only be produced once, so <laughs> it's not really well, yeah. <laughs> it's not for mass uh, reproduction like the others. And there are so many more that we didn't mention. These are just like the basics. Uh, there's going to be some really cool sources as well in in our uh, on our website under this episode, so make sure to check them out because uh, there are some really good videos on Khan Academy that's that are going to explain things very well for you. But well, yeah, making.
1: printmaking. <laughs> making is so fun. Elena, thank you so much for doing this episode with me. Thank you too, Stephanie. Oh, this is so good. It was good. A lot of fun. Should try it once. <laughs> I know it was scary and overwhelming, but I think we did it, and I'm proud of us. I'm proud of us too. God, I just love Prince. We should do a whole lo- we should do a whole freaking series on Prince. I-, <laughs> I love Prince. Prince, we, we can. <laughs> that might be our first merch. Hmm. 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 For merch news, <laughs> updates, newsletters, transcripts, blog posts, some more. Head on over to our website at bywrpod.com.
0: You can find us on Instagram at bywrpod. And on Twitter at bywrpod. You can also email us at
1: bywrpod at gmail.com. And of course, you can check us out on Patreon. Our Patreon is the best way to support us if you like the work that we're doing here at BiWAP. Come say hi. God, please come say hi. And please wash your hands. And please don't touch your face. And wear a mask and social distance and and all that good stuff.
0: (laughs) And remember, when in doubt, titty out. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. Thanks, this guys. This has
1: been a BYW Art Pod original podcast.
0: <laughs> Thank
1: you for joining us.
0: Lovely. <laughs> Thanks, Bye. Y'all. Bye.